Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. This is episode number 521 for Wednesday, the 13th of September, 2017. Nice to see you. And uh, as you see, I am all alone tonight. My name is Robbie Ferguson. I'm looking forward to spending this time together with you. And I've got a lot planned for you. So we're going to get into a super fast storage medium. I'm talking a, a terabyte M.2 from Kingston. It's called the KC-1000. We're going to open this box. It's a, a, a PCI Express card that we're going to install in our server, and it's going to make things significantly faster. What are the benchmarks going to say? We're going to find out in just a couple of minutes' time. Now, I'm also covering the news desk tonight, so here are the stories that we're covering from the Category 5.TV newsroom. Uh, more excitement in technological advancement uh, in the fight against cancer as scientists in Texas reveal a pen-like device that can find cancerous cells in only 10 seconds. A potentially dangerous overlay exploit has been found in all versions of Android before Oreo. Time to upgrade. A massive data breach has happened at credit, card re uh, credit reporting agency uh, Equifax, uh, raising serious concern over massive, massive identity theft. Ooh, scary stuff. Okay, if you have been looking for a reason to replace Windows with Linux, well, I've got another one for you. <laughs> a design flaw discovered in the Windows kernel allows malicious programs to mask themselves from antivirus programs, the very thing we don't want on Windows. A Microsoft representative has said they don't plan to fix it. Facebook claims that its ads have the potential of reaching more people than recent U.S. census data shows exist. That's troublesome for one analyst who uh, thinks that third-party measurement services stand to benefit. And a WordPress plugin installed on about 200,000 websites has an intentional backdoor that lets the code authors do pretty much anything that they want with your content. Stick around, the full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our live recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in live every week on Roku, Kodi, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN. And the International Association of Internet Broadcasters, cat5.tv slash IAIB. Welcome to the show. My name is Robbie Ferguson. It's so nice to have you here on episode 521. It's just you and me. Tonight, we are doing this old-school style. Sasha Rickman is married. Ladies and gentlemen, Saturday was the day, and she is off tonight, so I'm going to be covering her in the newsroom. And Jeff Weston is off as well, and uh, we are going to have just a nice time together. It's just going to be you and me. We're going to have fun. This is like old school. I'm thinking about uh, the way the show used to be, and it was just me in front of a webcam. Now things are a little more sophisticated. I can do fancier things. But uh, really, when it comes down to it, this, uh, this is just uh, what, you know, the heart of the show is you, me, talking about tech, learning about tech, checking out some cool things. Tonight, I've got a great show planned for you, and I want to welcome you to, to uh, 
the show Category 5 Technology TV. Um, thinking of all of our viewers who are in Florida, Texas, everywhere, the Caribbean, uh, everywhere that's been affected by the storms as of late. And, uh, you know, we, not to, sh- not to uh, make lightly of the situation, but um, it- it's funny how such a silly little thing, uh, we're fighting for organic search results right now, thanks to Irma, uh, because Category 5... Technology TV, guess what is showing up when you do a search for Category 5? Again, not to make lightly of the situation, I do hope that uh, our viewers are well. I hope that your families are well. And I uh, just want you to know that, uh, that we're thinking of you. And, uh, you know, we're, we're so... Uh, it's times like these uh, in the world where I feel so spoiled. I don't know if that's the word. Uh, undeserving. Uh, just happened to be born here in Canada. Things are really quite good climate-wise, and we don't really get storms like you do. But I think, if anything, you know, we've had a lot of rain this summer. We've had a lot of, you know, it hasn't been the nicest summer. We haven't got to the beach with the kids as much as we want. Uh, And if anything, um, seeing storms like this hitting um, makes me, as a person, think, you know, what what right do I have to complain about um, what I deal with? Like, Like, it's nothing. Why I don't think I'm ever going to complain about the rain again, folks. So, um, so that's just you know I, I think we should all learn from uh, from our own kind of you know the thoughts that cross our mind when the rain comes and things like that. But uh, I do hope that you're well. Uh, please let us know. Uh, I want to know that uh, that everybody's doing okay uh, tonight. I'm sitting on Core Stools, as you know. You can go to cat5.tv slash stools to find out more. They are very comfortable, and you hear us talking about them, but uh, they are basically a stool that is designed uh, with a rocking motion in mind. So you're sitting here, but you're, you're able to work your core at the same time, even unknowingly. Um, sitting is very unhealthy, and we're seeing a lot of reports, and, and I just saw one recently. It's scary for a guy like me that, is, uh, that works in tech all the time. Like, I'm a coder. I sit at my desk all the time. When I'm not doing coding, I'm doing sales. When I'm not doing sales, I'm doing support. I've always got a phone on my ear. It looks something like this. And uh, you see reports that say when you're sitting all day long, it's really, really bad for your health. And lucky for me, I drink a lot of coffee and that just happens to be two flights of stairs above me. So that's my workout for the day. Uh, but uh, the core stool is uh, something that takes sitting to the next level by making it something that is a little more healthy for you. It's, uh, it's better for you to sit on one of these stools. Um, so check them out, cat5.tv slash stools. Want to say hi to the chat room. It's nice to see you folks. Dennis Kelly's there, Sparkly Balls. I see Ben Rob 0329 It's so nice to see you. The Foo, Al Peck, nice to see you again. And just a reminder, and thinking about Al Peck, who has been here at Studio D, uh, made the, uh, the drive, did the traveling to get here. Um, and it's really, really cool for us when we have viewers come to the studio. But I want to remind you that our 10th anniversary for Category 5 Technology TV is coming up in just a couple of minutes, a uh, couple of minutes, a couple of weeks time. September 27th is the day. So uh, you can actually join us right here in studio. Um, So start working out how you want to get here, figure it out, and uh, get your tickets. You've got to have a ticket. You've got to go to category5.tv, click on tickets. It's absolutely free to attend. We'll have goodies. We'll have a meet and greet. Uh, You'll get to be on the show. It's quite possible. uh, And get to to hang out with uh, all of us here for our 10th anniversary, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We've got some fun things 
planned for you. And uh, if you can't be here in person, I hope that you will attend by simply watching live uh, or on demand after the fact. So don't miss out. Our 10th anniversary of Category 5 Technology TV is on September 27th. Let us know if you're coming. Oh, and a reminder too. This is interesting. Shizu uh, was speaking with me. And um, we were trying to figure out because uh, Peter was trying to see if he could make the trip. Uh, Peter and Mary and, you know, we're thinking of you and thinking, you know, how can you do it? Um, and you've got hotel stays and you've got all this kind of expense. Uh, Shizu mentioned that um, it might be a good idea for you to go the route of Airbnb. I've never done it myself. I'm not a traveler, but uh, apparently Airbnb will get you in nice and cheap. So you've got a cheap place to stay. Uh, technology has really kind of changed things, isn't it? But uh, So you can actually get a place in Barrie, just a bedroom or something like that, and stay for the night, stay for, you know, it's, it's on a Wednesday, so you could stay for the week if you wanted to, get to know our beautiful city here in Barrie, Ontario, and uh, it would be nice to see you. Okay, I'm rambling on about our 10th anniversary because I'm excited. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. Carrie Webb's going to be here. We've got other folks that are going to be here. Uh, Jeff Weston's confirmed. Sasha Rickman is going to be here. I'm going to be here. And I hope that you're going to be here. Okay, we're going to get right into it. Tonight, I am taking the KC-1000 for a spin. This comes to us from Kingston. And what they've done is brilliant. Now, you know about SSD drives. They're fast, right? We used to use these spinning hard drives in our computers. They would basically be the bottleneck of our computers. We got to the point where technology grew in such a way that central processing units were no longer the bottleneck. RAM was no longer the bottleneck. We've got 32 gigs in our system and we've got four gigahertz and we've got all this power, but we still had spinning hard drives at 7,200 rotations per minute. So it was slowing down our system. So then along comes SSD on an SATA bus. That's what you plug it into. They look a little something like this and they plug into your computer like that. And they are fast, super fast like 10 times faster than your average hard drive. So you pop one of those in and instantly you've got better performance, you've got a much, much faster computer. It's a great upgrade to go with SSD. Now, here we are, it's 2017. We've got a technology that has been available for a while called M.2. And M.2 is a new take on storage because chips have evolved to the point where those chips are super fast and what was the problem with them before? They were small. They didn't have a lot of capacity. Well, nowadays, chips have gotten to the point where on a single M2, which is a replacement for your hard drive, it's a little, it looks like a RAM module. It's about that size, a little bit smaller. You can have a terabyte of data easily. You want a 240, 260 gig M.2, it's no problem at all. Now, Kingston, of course, has the KC-1000, which is a one terabyte um, solid state drive. It's an M2 on a controller card. Now, I'm going to show you that. So why have they brought this out? What, what is so exciting about this uh, for, for us in a technology, you know, well, great. It's a new, new type of storage and M.2 is faster. But here's the thing. Your motherboard may not have an M.2 controller, um, which what it does is it bypasses the SATA controller. So we think about that. So 
the hard drive is no longer the bottleneck, the memory is no longer the bottleneck, the CPU is no longer the bottleneck, the hard drive itself, the storage is very, very fast, but the cable that connects that hard drive to your computer or that solid state drive to your computer's motherboard is called SATA, Serial ATA. And it is fast, but it's not as fast as the chips can handle. So along comes M.2 and says, okay, we're going to take this, we're going to make it so that it no longer needs your storage to be on the SATA controller. We're doing away with that need altogether, and we're saying, okay, we're going to put it on a new controller for M.2. It's so much faster. We're talking four times faster than a standard SATA hard uh, solid-state drive um, that you would consider to be fast. So if you've got a computer that doesn't have M.2 capability, it doesn't have that port for that new chip, along comes Kingston and says, here you go. We've got an answer. Now, I've got an overhead camera. I'm just going to fire up here. We're going to see if I can get you uh, a shot. I want to show you what this is going to look like. Let's see if I can pull this up. Okay. So with my trusty mouse and touchscreen display, there we go. Bring this up, and there. Okay, you guys can still hear me, you can see me, fantastic. Okay, so here we go with a live unboxing of this card and what makes this so special. So get her into focus here. There we go. So the Kingston KC1000 is a, a, an X4 card on the PCIe bus. So we're doing away with the need for um, SATA, but we're setting it up as a card in your computer that has an M2 on it, M.2. So what this card does, and we'll see, okay, if you've got a, a low-profile um, server, it'll work on that as well. What this card does is it gives your computer M.2 capability, but it does so at extreme speeds. This thing is super fast, and it's, it's incredible. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to put this in, into our broadcast system, uh, which I'm going to try to do tonight. So we're going to see how that, uh, how that works. So that's all it is. I mean, it looks pretty simple, right? But it is a PCIe X.4. So if you've got an X.4, X.8, X.16, uh, X why am I saying? Now I'm saying dot to everything. Um, if, it's, if you've got an X4 or higher, you can plug this card in. Now, uh, I happen to have an X16 in my computer that is not being used. Fantastic. So we're going we're gonna to see about putting that in there. So let's get, uh, let's get under the computer here, and uh, I'm going to see about plugging this bad boy in. All right. Got a camera under the desk. All right, so you can see my X.16. Uh, <laughs> there I go with the dot. My X16 there, uh, the blue port. Um, so with the KC1000, nice and simple installation. I'm just going to pop that in there. Um, now, X, the, uh, the PCI Express slots, uh, if they're bigger, so this is an X16, you see that? It's a big slot. It can take anything up to X16. So you could have an X1 in there. With the X4, I can just pop it right in. There we go. Okay, so just put a thumb, little thumb screw in there to hold it in. Now, do note, I've got the computer powered off. I've got the computer, uh, the power supply switched off, and I've waited for the power to come out of the, uh, the power supply. And uh, I have grounded myself as well. So do keep those things in mind as you're working 
with internal components like this. All right, now let's get back up here. And uh, so that's all done. So that's installed. I'm going to boot up my computer and let's get a look at what this is going to do for us. So first thing I need to do now on this particular computer, I am sitting on Windows 10. That's because we use this for Telestream Wirecast broadcasting. So on Windows 10, what I need to do is I uh, now, you know, it's, it's not telling me anything, but it is uh, ready to go. I, I, all I need to do is actually partition this hard drive. I've got to set it up with a, uh, a partition table. So I'm going to go with GPT. And uh, once that's initialized, I can just scroll down to that hard drive. And uh, we're going to format that NTFS, the NT file system. So that's not going to take long. I'm going to do a quick format. And we're just going to call that the uh, KC1000 so that uh, we know which drive we're looking at when I look at my computer. Okay, so now I've got a couple of screenshots here I want to show you. First of all, let's do a quick comparison of my standard hard drive, of my so solid state hard drive versus the one that, um, that we're installing right now. So I'm going to just jump onto drive here. Now, keep in mind, why is this important to us here at Category 5 Technology TV? So Telestream Wirecast has this incredible feature called ISO recording. Have you ever heard of that? What ISO recording does is it allows us to record from every single camera simultaneously. Think about that for a second. So from a broadcaster's perspective, Telestream Wirecast is able to take not only the mix, so I can take this, I can do this, and I can go like this, and I can go like that, and I can switch cameras. But what it can do is record to disk all of the cameras simultaneously. So I get a feed that is mixed like this, and I get a, a feed that is individual recordings, one for each camera. Why does that matter? Now, from a broadcaster's perspective, that matters because now I can take those full HD or even 4K recordings from my recorder, the ISO recorder and Wirecast, and put them into my editor, and I can start putting them together and do better production values than I can live. So that's incredible, but it takes a boatload of resources. So you think about, now we broadcast at 1080p. You think about um, the fact that we also have a Magewell 4K capture card in there. We could be capturing at 4K from a, a 4K camera as well. So we've got that capability, but we don't have the power to save it to disk simultaneously all at once because our hard drive can only write at a little more than 500 megabytes a second. So we need to have something a lot faster. So we're going to benchmark these, uh, these kind of in a head-to-head -head comparison. You're going to see my SSD, which is a good one. And uh, you're also going to see the KC1000 as well so that we can get an idea, you know, is it really as significant of a boost as we're hoping for, as we're expecting, and uh, will it work really, really well for Telestream Wirecast ISO recordings. Um, so if you're a broadcaster, check out Wirecast. It is uh, cat5.tv slash Wirecast. And this, as, as I said, can record all cameras to disk simultaneously. So you have to have very, very fast storage in order to do that. We're going to learn a little bit about the difference of you know how data is written to our hard drives tonight but essentially when i think about telestream wirecast it's a very good example broadcasting in general a very good example of sequential writing 
So even if my hard drive, my SSD, my M.2 was not super fast to read, as long as I've got super extremely fast writing speed and it can handle very, very fast sequential writes, it should do pretty well. Now that's because when I hit record on Telestream Wirecast, I'm recording to disk, baby. I don't care about what size the blocks are. I just want it to record straight to the disk like my old analog recorder. Press record, let her go. So my original hard drive, the one that I normally use and the one that I'm using tonight to record to, is, uh, is also a Kingston hard drive. Now, I've brought it up on Newegg.com. CA just to give me uh, a look at what it is, what it looks like, um, and that is the HyperX. Let's see if I can bring up my. Oh, I can't bring up my laptop. I haven't plugged in the HDMI. So give me one second. I'm just going to fade to black. I'm going to come back. I'm going to plug in my laptop so that you can see what I see, and you won't even know I've been gone. And we're back. And there you have it. HDMI is plugged into my laptop, so now I can show you. Okay, so this is the hard drive that I normally record to. It's a, a small one. It's 120 gig SH103 uh, S3 from Kingston. It's the HyperX, and it's super fast. So how fast is it? If I get in here, let's get a look. So max sequential read is up to 555 megabytes per second. Do you see that there? And max sequential write is up to 510 megabytes per second. So, of course, this is an SATA hard drive, SSD, and so the speeds for what it is are extremely good. Really, really nice and fast. Let's get a look at what Newegg says about the one that we're putting in today, the KC1000 from Kingston. So, just going to pop over there. According to the specifications, now this is the 240 gig model. Uh, Kingston, uh, Kingston has up to the, I believe it's the one terabyte, the one that I have. Um, but uh, Newegg does not. They have up to the 240 right now. That will change. So max sequential read, you ready for it? 2700 megabytes per second. Max sequential write on the 240 gig model is up to 900 megabytes per second. So that's almost twice that as far as writing goes as my SSD, even though my SSD is a, a very, very good one. Now, if I actually check the one terabyte model, it's faster. Uh, so if we go to kingston.com, and this card in the one terabyte model is actually faster than what we're seeing there on Newegg with the 240 gig. So, I don't know if it says it on the box for us. That would be handy. Um, our internet seems to be going a little bit wonky there. That's okay. Uh, it does. Okay, my apologies. So, as soon as you hit the 480 gigabyte model, it, it jumps. 1600 megabytes per second uh, and it's the same for the 960 the one terabyte model as well the one that we're using here tonight okay so with that in mind we now have storage that reads and writes like exponentially faster than what we're used to uh, even with a good ssd so I've, I've run some benchmarks here. I've got Crystal Disk Mark, um, which I'm going to kind of explain to you how this works. But Crystal Disk Mark um, allows me on Microsoft Windows to do a really easy test 
of uh, the speed of the hard drive. Uh, so what I've done is I've got it um, up and going for the my F drive, which is the solid state drive that we're normally recording to. And you see that my sequential reads the the uh, fourth green um, icon down here. Sequential is 269 megabytes per second read and 189.6 write, and that's in in these tests. So what I've done now, Crystal Disk Mark, what I've done here is I've set the um, repeat uh, of the test to be five. So um, typically with um, anywhere from three and up, you're going to have a pretty accurate result. So it retests up to five times. And I'm using a two gigabyte file because I'm usually working with a fairly large file anyways. And I've run that on that hard drive, the, uh, the SSD. So those are the speeds that I'm getting. So 281.6 sequential uh, when I've got a queue depth of 32. And the 4K, so the block size being 4K, which your operating system may do to you, um, is when it breaks it up into smaller um, files, if you will, so that it can burst them to the drive. And it, you know, on, on the old hard drive, it makes sure that you don't have a. Um, uh, well, I guess I guess what it does is it makes it faster in in some use cases. But here, I really am interested in the sequential uh, read and write, especially the write. So. And I don't pretend to be um, a, a brilliant genius when it comes to this kind of stuff, but uh, I do want to share you, with you the results. So I've got the 281.6 read and 191 write, and it's pretty close to the same uh, without the Q depth. So to explain the difference there, so I'm looking at mainly the sequential is what I care about. Um, sequential Q depth of 32, so basically what that means is that it's doing 32 operations at a time. Uh, your computer will try to do multiple things at a time as it's reading and writing to a disk so that it doesn't bottleneck, it doesn't hold things up. Um, otherwise, if you were writing a, a 10 gig file to your hard drive, everything else would freeze if all of the, uh, the queues were dedicated specifically to that operation. So your computer breaks it up into uh, in this case, the test is a queue depth of 32 threads, so you've got 32 things happening at once. And the speed is pretty similar to that of just a straight sequential single um, stream to the hard drive, uh, 270 uh, megabytes read and 190 write. Now, let's look at the KC1000. Huge difference on sequential. So my sequential read speed with a queue depth of 32 is 1373, 1,373 megabytes per second. Now my write speed, I've told you that's what really matters to me as a broadcaster. My write speed on that card is 1,380 megabytes per second. So you think about that now. So we've got almost, well, what, what was it? We had... 191 sequential on the SSD, and we do pretty well with that. So, five times? No, more than that. Like, so much faster. We're talking an exponential jump, like 10 times the speed for writes. And it's, um, even though they don't match up quite as closely, uh, you can see that the, the um, sequential speed on uh, just a single thread is very, very impressive as well. 1,023 megabytes read and 1,086 write. Very, very impressed with this card. Oh boy. Can you imagine this in your gaming rig? 
Wow. Okay, folks, chat room, what do you think? Um, do you have any benchmarks of your system? Have you ever taken a look at the, the actual speed of your drive? I'd love to kind of have a little bit of a comparison as to, you know, how fast is your SSD compared to the KC1000? So from our perspective, now we're able to turn on that ISO recording feature, which I hope to do over the next little while. We're able to introduce more cameras and be able to record them to disk simultaneously thanks to the speed and the incredible throughput of this card. And thinking of throughput, the one kind of final thing that I want to just mention is the fact that, hey, we also have to look at consistency. That's pretty important, right? So I actually threw it on Flashbench as well. And now this is the, my SSD. My SSD, you can see, uh, look at the left-hand side there, 265 megabytes per second. So that's the starting point. And it kind of drops and it has some peaks and dives and and then it, it has a pretty consistent tapering off uh, near the 16k uh, block size so uh, nice and fast up here at 265 megabytes per second uh, but then it drops off but these valleys are what kind of concern me that means that we're, we're not having a very stable um, speed. It's dropping off and then coming back and then dropping off and then coming back. That would concern me when it comes to recording video. So looking at the KC-1000, now on the left-hand side, you see that a starting point is 1.2 gigabytes per second. So much, much higher starting point. And we've got a better consistency here. So our reads and writes are both really consistent. The tapering off is very smooth, very consistent, and tapers off at about the same point, but actually tapers off around the same speed that the SSD starts at, 258 megabytes per second. So we're seeing a really good throughput there, really nice consistent result, and a really nice clean tapering off um, uh, of the speed of that drive, depending on the block size. Again, I'm mostly interested in sequential writes. That's my thing. But I think we've proven that the KC-1000 is screaming fast. It's, uh, it's consistent. I'm going to really, you know, I'm going to let you know a year from now how things have gone in the server. Feel free to ask uh, because we're going to be able to improve things with that improved performance. So now somebody says to me, where's the bottleneck now? So if storage, if SATA is no longer our bottleneck, what have we to bottleneck our system? And I think it is going to have to go back to the CPU. What do you think? So is the central processing unit now going to become our next bottleneck again? So we're going through this cycle of, you know, everything has gotten fast now. I can't think of another component in there that, um, you know, we haven't seen the same gains. But CPUs are making improvements as well, and we're really starting to see some pretty cool stuff coming out. Um, so let us know. Let me know. Uh, what do you think? What do you predict is going to be the next bottleneck now that uh, Kingston with the KC-1000 has done away with the bottleneck of the SATA bus? So that is the KC-1000 from Kingston. You can get them at kingston.com or uh, go through our shop. It would be a great way to support the show. Go to category5.tv and click on support us and you'll see shop with us uh, or uh, shop in our online store and you'll be able to uh, find that product or look at the links below and those are our partner links which just simply help us out by giving us a small commission on the sale. Solbu predicts that the bottleneck is now the human operator have to agree that might be the case all right folks well it is time to jump over to the newsroom how am i going to do this 
This is going to be interesting. Our newsroom is over here. So if I just kind of, our newsroom, our physical news area is right here. So let's just step over here. Here are the stories that we're covering in the Category 5.TV newsroom. More excitement in the technological advancement in the fight against cancer as scientists in Texas reveal a pen-like device that can find cancerous cells in just 10 seconds. A potentially dangerous overlay exploit has been found in all versions of Android before Oreo. A massive data breach has happened at credit reporting giant Equifax, raising serious concern over mass identity theft. If you've been trying to find a reason to replace Microsoft Windows with Linux, I've got one for you. A design flaw discovered in the Windows kernel allows malicious programs to mask themselves from antivirus programs. And Microsoft says they are not going to fix it. Facebook claims that its ads have the potential to reach more people than recent U.S. Census data shows exist. And that's troublesome for one analyst who thinks third-party measurement services stand to benefit. And a WordPress plugin installed on around 200,000 websites has a backdoor that lets the code authors do pretty much anything that they want with your content. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Jeff Weston. Yaman. Yeah, you're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? Oh, you're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. All right. I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? You need hosting. One of the things about a hosting account is you don't want to have limitations put on your website. That's true. How much hard drive space do you have? How many email accounts? How many domains can point to it? Well, we've got an amazing deal for you. For a very limited time, cat5.tv slash dreamhost. For just $5 and a bit of change per month, you are going to get unlimited website hosting, unlimited email accounts on that hosting uh, service. You are also going to receive a free domain name. Ooh. So your own .com. Nice. To put that amazing website that you've been working on it's on true. there. If you run, if you want to build a WordPress site, fine. Sign up. Cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Just don't put Panama Papers on it. Just don't do it. But hey, uh, it's a great deal, folks. Best deal you're going to find. $5 and change per month. Go to cat5.tv slash dreamhost. I'm Robbie Ferguson filling in for Sasha Rickman tonight. And here are the top stories that we're covering for the week of September 13th, 2017. A handheld device can identify cancerous tissue in just 10 seconds, according to scientists at the University of Texas. They say that it could make surgery to remove a tumor quicker, safer, and more precise. They hope to avoid the heartbreak of that uh, leaving some of the cancer behind can cause. Tests published in Science Translational Medicine suggest that the technology is accurate up to 96% of the time. The mass spec pen takes advantage of the unique metabolism of cancer cells. 
Their furious drive to grow and spread means that their internal chemistry is very different to that of healthy tissue. So the pen is touched on a suspected cancer and releases a tiny droplet of water. Chemicals then inside of the living cells move into the droplet, which is then sucked back into the pen for analysis. The pen then is plugged into a mass spectrometer. That's a piece of kit that can measure the mass of thousands of chemicals every second. And from there, it produces a chemical fingerprint that tells doctors whether they are looking at healthy tissue or cancer. Any unpatched Android device running a version older than Oreo is going to need to be patched fairly soon, with researchers turning up a class of vulnerability that lets malware draw fake dialogues so that users okay their own ownage. The risk, according to Palo Alto Network's researchers, come uh, from what is known as an overlay attack. It's a straightforward way to trick users, draw a bogus screen for users to click, for example, to install an app or accept a set of permissions, but they're hiding what's actually happening in the back end. The vulnerability turned up by Palo Alto's uh, Unit 42 threat research team, and it bypasses these requirements by exploiting a notification type called Toast. And uh, Android uh, documentation describes that as a view containing a quick little message for the user. Use of the exploit, the paper explains, uh, allows an attacker to both modify what the user sees and inject fake input all while maintaining the expected user experience and remaining stealthy. Such an attack could occur by simply installing an affected app. After 143 million U.S. customers of credit report giant Equifax have uh, had their information compromised in the cybersecurity breach, the company uh, says that uh, cyber criminals accessed data such as social security numbers, birth dates, and addresses during the incident. Now, some U.K. and Canadian customers are apparently also affected. The firm's core consumer and commercial credit databases were not accessed. Equifax said that hackers accessed the information between mid-May and the end of July when the company discovered the breach. Hackers won access to its systems by exploiting a website application vulnerability, it said, but provided no further, further details. Now, we've since learned that an Apache Struts 2 app was used in the attack with a newfound code execution vulnerability that allows hackers to push malicious code into servers and run them within corporate networks. Now, Apache was quick to patch the software, but too little too late following the Equifax attack. The hackers accessed credit card numbers for about 209,000 consumers, among other information. Equifax holds data on more than 820 million consumers, as well as information on 91 million businesses. Equifax has set up a website at EquifaxSecurity2017.com, and that allows consumers to determine if their information was potentially compromised. Click on the tab labeled Potential Impact in the center of the web page, and then you'll need to enter your name and the last six digits of your social security number in order to find out if you are at risk. Now, the dangers here with a compromising uh, of this scale, and of course, this is data that uh, probably none of us have opted into Equifax storing on our behalf. This is like if you apply for a mortgage and your bank needs to find out your credit score, they reach out to a company like Equifax and find out whether you've been paying your bills on time, things like that. So there's a lot of data there, a lot of potential for identity theft, and we're going to see over the next little while what, uh, what comes of it.
Now, a design flaw within the Windows kernel that could stop antivirus programs from recognizing malware isn't going to be fixed. Now, the issue spotted this week uh, by NCLO security researchers Omri Mizgov. Uh, it lies within the system call, and it's this big, long thing, PS set, load image, notify routine, which has been part of Microsoft's operating system since way back in the days of Windows 2000, and it's still active in the latest builds. Now, antivirus tools use this routine to check if malicious code has been loaded into memory. But Mizgov found that a cunning attacker could uh, use poor coding behind the API to smuggle malware past scanners. Mr. Mazgov said uh, in a blog post, during research into the Windows kernel, we came across an interesting issue with this routine, which, as its name implies, notifies of module loading. Now, the thing is, after registering a notification routine for loading PE images within the kernel, the callback may receive invalid image names. Essentially, malware can use the above API to trick the OS into giving malware scanners other files, such as benign executables, to inspect rather than their own malicious code. This would allow software nasties to evade antivirus packages. We're just not safe anymore. Microsoft's response, well, they say, and I quote, Our engineers reviewed the information and determined that this does not pose a security threat and we do not plan to address it with a security update. I've got a security update for you, Ubuntu.com. Recently, Pivotal Research Group analyst Brian Weezer was intrigued by a trade publication study in Australia that said Facebook was claiming to reach 1.7 million users more, 16 uh, to 39-year-olds, than actually exist. Well, that's according to Australians, uh, Australian census data. Now, in reproducing the study for the United States, Weezer said Facebook's ads manager claimed that it can potentially reach 41 million 18 to 24-year-olds, 60 million 25 to 34-year-olds, and 61 million 35 to 49-year-olds. Now, the problem arises when Weezer pulls up the U.S. census data uh, from a year ago that shows that there are 31 million 18 to 24-year-olds, 45 million 25 to 34 year olds and 61 million 35 to 49 year olds. So the question is brought about where is Facebook getting the extra 25 million people in just the 18 to 34 year old demographic? The U.S. Census data says they don't exist. Weezer said uh, conversations with agency executives on this topic indicate to us that the gap between Facebook and census figures is not widely known. While Facebook's measurement issues won't necessarily deter advertisers from spending money with Facebook, they will help traditional TV sellers justify existing budget shares and could restrain Facebook's growth in video ad sales on the margins. Now, if you've got a plugin called Display Widgets on your WordPress website, uh, remove it immediately. The last three releases of the plugin have contained code that allows the author to publish any content to your website. It actually contains a backdoor. The authors of this plugin have been using the backdoor to publish spam content to sites running their plugin. During the past three months, the plugin has been removed and uh, readmitted to the WordPress.org plugin repository a total of four times. The plugin is used by approximately 200,000 WordPress websites, uh, according to WordPress's repository. Now, here's how it happened. On June 21st, 
the plugin called Display Widgets was sold by its original owner to uh, a user known as Display Widget. On the, uh, they sold it through the WordPress forums, and now the new owner released version 2.6.0 of the plugin. Then the very next day, uh, David Law, a UK-based SEO consultant, sent an email to the WordPress.org plugin team, letting them know that they, he found Display Widgets plugin uh, was including additional code from an external server. Now, the plugin was downloading a large MaxMind IP geolocation database of around 38 megabytes from the author's own server. Now, uh, MaxMind itself is, is benign. It's IP geolocation information. However, this is not allowed by WordPress's plugins uh, in the repository. So the next day, the plugin team removed display widgets from the repository. Uh, there was some discussion about this on the WordPress.org forums. Now, then a week later, on June 30th, the developer released version 2.6.1 of the plugin, and this release contained a file called geolocation.php, which no one realized at the time contained malicious code. A back and forth then took place uh, of removal and then re-addition of the, uh, the plugin into the repository, leaving a huge number of users vulnerable to attack and nobody really knowing what version they should run. Now, the code authors have responded by saying it was a vulnerability. However, it's important to realize that this was, in fact, an intentional backdoor, not a bug. The code in geolocation.php allowed the plugin author to post new content to any website running the plugin. They can put it on any URL within that website that they choose. They could also update content and even remove existing content. Furthermore, the malicious code prevented any logged-in user from seeing the content. Now get this. In other words, site owners who are usually logged into their own website are not going to see the malicious content. Considering the time span of two and a half months between the releases, it's estimated that these coders have access to publish anything they like on almost 200,000 sites that have the plugin installed. Now, an update on the story from uh, this afternoon as research continues. Cybersecurity experts at WordFence are warning that the individual responsible for this attack has, in fact, been buying multiple WordPress plugins and using them to promote various shady businesses. They report that he has also been living a lavish lifestyle thanks to the profits of his activities. Big thanks this week to Roy, Le Roy W. Nash, Sparkly Balls, and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us. Thanks for watching the Category 5 TV Newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category 5.TV Newsroom, I'm Robbie Ferguson in for Sasha Rickman. This is Category 5 Technology TV, and it's episode number 5. 21. It's so great to have you here. Thanks for joining me. Hey, before we wrap up the show for tonight, now, of course, Jeff's off tonight. Henry's off tonight. Sasha Rickman is off tonight. And uh, we'll be back next week. But um, I just want to say, hey, thanks for joining me. And thank you for supporting Category 5 Technology TV. Now, as this is just you and me tonight, I kind of feel like this is, you know, this is the way it used to be. This is how we started things out here at Category 5 Technology TV. And it started out as a, a means for me as a technologist, as I was called back in those days, um, to share tech knowledge. And I don't pretend to be uh, brilliant at any particular thing, but what I know 
I try to impart to you, and I'm and I welcome constructive criticism, and I and I I actually thrive off of it because then I get better, and that's kind of the plan. But you've been here with me, and you know, you as a viewer have been supporting this uh, this programming, and you know, it started as just me in my basement, and here we are at Studio D and Barry about to celebrate our tenth anniversary. Uh, but it's really thanks to the contributions of our community, viewers like you who have decided to throw something in the tip jar. Maybe you saw something tonight that you liked and you want to do that. Um, you can do that off of our website. Um, but it's also uh, people who don't even necessarily have to throw anything in the tip jar, but go to our website, category5.tv, and click on support us and use the partner links. It's such a cool way to do it because you can purchase things from Amazon or eBay or Newegg or wherever you want to shop and a portion of the sale actually goes to supporting Category 5 Technology TV which is super, super cool. That helps us pay the bills. Um, it was cool um, today. I Well, yesterday, pardon me, as if it matters. <laughs> Literally, okay? So yesterday I got the internet bill here and we've got uh, LTE internet because... I'm going to get into it, but up until today, there has been no other high-speed option here uh, at our physical location. So our studio is located in kind of an, an old industrial area. We're actually in a renovated kitchen of a huge manufacturing warehouse. I'm talking, if I stand out the front door, it's far, like the end of the building is way down there. Uh, I can fly my drone and it takes five minutes to get there kind of thing. Uh, but uh, so here we are in this studio. I got the internet bill. I have to pay for LTE because we don't have any hardwired internet options, no fiber, uh, no cable. Um, the only option was DSL. And as you know, you know, upstream on that is maybe 600 kilobits per second, if you're lucky. Um, so no good for broadcast. Our LTE bill came in. And it was $233 this month. And I'm a volunteer. We're all volunteers. We don't take a paycheck. So just so you know, I received a check from Amazon.ca and I received a check from Amazon.com. Now, you've been using our partner links. You've been going through those links to purchase whatever it is. I mean, some of you have been buying your dog food and your treats and things like that there. Um, some of you are buying your computer components or cameras or uh, books, of course, on Amazon, uh, movies. Um, even one of you had a genius idea to buy this week a, um, uh, an Amazon gift card. So you bought an Amazon gift card for somebody and 4% of the sale went to Category 5. So needless to say, I got those two checks the same day that I got the cable bill, or not the cable bill, the uh, LTE bill. And it was the same amount. <laughs> so the two checks combined and the, uh, the $233 internet bill canceled out. It just, I went into the bank, I deposited those checks, I paid the, the bill and we were done. So I just want to say thanks. Um, you know, you, you, all you had to do was click on the links. Um, and then there are our patrons. So Patreon is a really cool way to support the show. You can say, you know what, I want to give a dollar a month. I want to give $5 a month or $10 a month if you can. And that goes directly into supporting the show, but it's a really cool way to do it for two reasons. One, you can really budget and say, I think the show's worth X amount and I want to support it for this amount. Uh, and two... Because then I know how much is going to come each month. Amazon, I have no idea. No clue. You could buy 
thousands of dollars worth of stuff and we all of a sudden have a really good month, um, you could buy just you know a, a little trinket and it's a very small amount. So it's, it's very up and down. But with Patreon, we know we're getting X number of dollars each month. It really, really helps us with things like rent. And right now we've got some other expenses. So, um, and, and little things. Our patrons know about these things. Little things like I had to get two drapes for the studio this week. You don't see these things, but little silly things like that. So that brings me to my next point, and patronage is a great way to support it uh, because then we know how much is, is coming in each month. So I said LTE Internet was all that was available to us up until today. That is because as of today, so September 13th, 2017, the fiber optic line goes by our building. Just turned on. So there is a, you, you can get it installed in your building. It's $5,000 to do that. Um, the installation to get it a direct fiber connection. It's 100 megabit, uh, megabits per second uh, up and down. And it's dedicated. So that's, that is, that would be wonderful. Could you imagine? So what would that mean for Category 5 Technology TV and the network? So first of all, we could put our own servers on location here, uh, no longer with an LTE connection. We could also broadcast in HD. So when I, I, when I say that, I mean we could broadcast live in HD. We could also, and I would plan to, simulcast not only to Roku, Kodi, and all the other places that we broadcast live, but also to YouTube. And why would I do that? Well, there's a couple of reasons. First of all, YouTube is a great place for you to watch, but it automatically scales to the correct um, version based on your bitrate. So if I send an HD feed to YouTube and you're sitting on a, a slower connection, it might give you a 480p feed. And it does that all automatically. So it's a really cool way to do it. But I have to be able to send an HD feed. I can do that with a 100 megabyte, uh, megabit uh, fiber link. Uh, we can do all kinds of amazing things, and it would just make the show better, and we could do those things with that fiber connection. So the cost of that, $5,000 to install it if we, if we want to avoid a contract. I would say, you know, we're volunteers here. This is a, a, you know, a network thing, and it's a community thing. We should probably do it without a contract if we can. Uh, on a three-year contract, they can waive that, but that's, that's very, very risky, and that would be a risk on my part. Um, the cost per month, in addition to the installation, would be only $350 a month, and it sounds like a lot, but we're currently paying about, well, I just told you, $233, I believe, this month. So, um, so just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. Um, for $350 a month, if we knew it was going to be there through patronage, then we could go with a 100 megabit per second fiber line right here to the studio. And what a world of difference that would make, not only for us, but for you as the viewer. Um, what an astronomical, astronomical difference that would make for, for you. I can, I can make the show better. I can send you more data all at the same time, and we can host more things right here in the studio. And the other thing is no more dropouts during a live show, like losing internet connection, losing access to the chat room. That kind of sucks, but it, it's how things are on LTE. Like it, it's a cloud goes by and we lose connection. So uh, fiber would do away with that altogether. So $5,000 to install it. This is Canadian and $350 a month. 
plus our 13% tax on both of those. So keep it in the back of your mind as you're considering supporting Category 5 technology TV. Maybe you've got the means to just say, you know what, I can cover the uh, installation, or maybe I can get my Linux users group to come in together. We can all donate you know, so much and, and take a real dent out of that installation so that Robbie doesn't have to do a three-year contract, and that could actually happen. But then we've got to know that we've got $350 consistently coming in every single month. It has to be there because fiber is not lenient like LTE. LTE, I can turn down the quality, and you may not know this or not. Um, if the bill's getting too high, I can turn down the quality one week, and it'll knock $30, $40 off of my bill. Um, and then we bring it back up the next week, and, and we're back on track. With fiber, it's, it's going to cost the same. It doesn't matter what we put through it. It's unlimited bandwidth, so it doesn't matter whether we're pumping HD or pumping... 240p so all right so if you've got the means if you want to support us on patreon that's a great reason to do it uh we're i'm making some big changes to our patronage uh to our page and the way that you can support us through patreon please find out all the ways that you can support us at category5.tv and i appreciate you being here folks i hope you've had fun it's it's a lot different for me being here alone i've tried to keep up with the chat room and and see all those kinds of things i've tried to uh op everything and and give you a good demonstration of the kc1000 um but it's weird not having my my friends here uh, but you're here, and I appreciate you being here. Hey, comment below. Give us a thumbs up on YouTube, and I will see you again next week. Sasha Rickman is going to be on the news desk, and uh, I believe Jeff is here. I'm not uh, not too uh, 100% sure, but uh, we'll definitely be back in, in business next week. All right, we'll see you, see you then next Wednesday. Have a great night. Bye for now. <laughs>